Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. This is the Rich Eisen Show. I call myself the Sully of Audio. You're the Sully of a pregame. <laughs> and I'll give you that mark. I'm the Sully of the pregame. Live from the Rich Eisen Show studio in Los Angeles. We may end up in the Hudson. The Rich Eisen Show. Mike Florio. What's the latest on Jimmy Garoppolo? I think they're going to have to cut him, and I think there's a good chance the Browns are going to have to cut Baker Mayfield. Today's guests, Villanova guard Colin Gillespie, Lions defensive end Michael Brockers, plus ESPN Sports Center anchor Scott Van Pelt. And now... It's Rich Eisen. Well, hey, everybody. Welcome to this edition of the Rich Eisen Show. We've got lots going on here in Los Angeles, California, on this busy Tuesday on NBC Sports on Peacock, NBC Sports Audio, Sirius XM 85, the Rich Eisen Show Terrestrial Radio Network, 45 affiliates now and growing stronger every single day because there's a smart enough programming directors around the country <laughs> to have us. We say hello to those listening to us on our Odyssey uh, streaming service. We also say hello to those listening later on or whenever the hell they darn please. I don't mean to be so aggressive, but I'm very excited about our podcast listeners on the Cumulus Podcast Network and wherever our podcast can be acquired. YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen Show for anything that you've missed. And if you have not subscribed to it yet, you're missing out. So uh, please hit that subscribe button. I am here. You are where you are. Uh, Chris Brockman's still an empty chair. He's still in, uh, I think, in the Mexican Riviera, still hanging out. He'll be back on tomorrow's program. Um, DJ Mikey D is is out today, and we say hello to Mr. Feller. Hey, hello, Jason what's Feller. Up, Rich? Good to see you. You've got your single shot right yeah, now. Look at that. Look at that. Ooh. Look at how much you fill the screen. Good to see you, sir. I don't know if that was a compliment. Or it not, was. But... It was definitely good to see you, <laughs> TJ Jefferson. Light the candle. You know, I got a little bit of a problem with his shot right now, Rich. <laughs> Why? I'll tell you why. Well, because, you know, I'm on the show every day, right? And and yes. we normally don't have makeup. But when we do, uh, Sarah tells me that I don't need it and she doesn't make me up. But Jason's here for one day and I walk in the back and he's getting, makeup? He's getting made up. And like, I'm just like, I'm just Attaboy. like some jabroni who's not even on the show. Got to, well, you know, and my feelings are hurt is all I'm saying. Did you see the shot of Del Tufo that close? I lost sleep over it. <laughs> I don't. If he got it, flaunt it, man. I mean, and he's got it, so he's flaunting it right I'm now. I'm just saying, like he's letting his freak you, flag Rich. fly. Thank Attaboy. Well I mean, done. Maybe it's because my skin just, you know, doesn't need makeup. Maybe that's it. It's so smooth. Well, I don't know. But good to see you where you are. <laughs> you look great. You look great from where I'm sitting. TJ. I appreciate it. It's, ha- look, it's a pleasure to be here. You look great from where I'm sitting. <laughs> so um, lots going on in the world right now. Um, certainly in the uh, sports world, and um, we're all over the map today. Uh, Colin Gillespie, who uh, 
as predicted, ripped my heart out and showed it to me pumping by <laughs> putting in a three-point shot to seal the deal against my Michigan Wolverines in the Sweet 16. He and the Villanova Wildcats are easily the most overlooked team in this Final Four, certainly because Kansas is the only one seed and they're facing Kansas, the winningest program in the history of uh, men's college basketball. And also Villanova lost um, Justin Moore. And um, this kid was uh, one, their second leading scorer and he blew his Achilles out towards the end of the the Final Four, gaining victory over Houston. And um, this team is already not very deep on the bench. And so everyone's overlooking Villanova right now because the other game is UNC Duke. And that is such a huge game. We all know this, what's at stake right there always. With these two teams going at it, they hate each other. It's one of the greatest <laughs> rivalries in American sports. And it's now their first meeting in the NCAA tournament. And it happens to be in the Final Four. And it also happens to be the Final final Four for Coach Mike Krzyzewski, whose home... Um, coaching experience came to a most emphatic thud as North Carolina spoiled that party as well. So we're going to have Scott Van Pelt in hour number three join us to talk about this subject matter because as I left yesterday, uh, I'm thinking, you know what, I'm thinking of my my friend and my, uh, my buddy, uh, Stuart Scott. Anytime something huge happens in North Carolina, it is my pleasure and my... Um, you know, part of the, my, my reason for being in many different ways to keep his name and his legacy alive. And um, I'm thinking of him today, and I'll be thinking of him all week. I'll be thinking of a tip-off. And I thought to myself, who can I have on who would know intimately this subject matter um, and uh, and speak as eloquently as I, I, I would want a guest to speak on the matter? And that's Scott Van Pelt, now our number three. And also the Masters is right around the corner, and he's heading to Augusta National, so we like front-loading a lot of the conversation. So uh, that'll be on an hour number three of this program. Michael Brockers, soon to be coming to an HBO screen near you on Hard Knocks. He's here in studio, hour number two. And then uh, Colin Gillespie is first up in about 15 minutes' time. Right now, going on in, the, um, in, in Florida, the uh, owners' meeting, it, it's, you, know, we, you, you can never tell how the agenda works at an owners' meeting, uh, whether a vote's going to happen at all or not. But overtime rules are supposed to be voted on today and could be voted on right now. And the reason why I'm saying the vote could happen today, could not, is that if the competition committee and those who are proponents of changing the overtime rules in the NFL and wanting to change it to a simple everybody, both teams have to touch it no matter what happens on the first possession of overtime if the team that wins the toss scores a touchdown, the game is not over, the other team has a chance to match. Forget about all the um, uh, unintended consequences uh, of that. Screw it. We want this to happen. Um, Those proponents, if they get a sense in the room that they're not going to get 24 members of the National Football League ownership to raise their hands and say, we agree, they'll pull it and say, we'll come back next year. So that's why I don't know if there's going to be a vote or not. But if there is one, it's supposed to happen today and maybe in the next hour. So we'll keep an eye on all of that. In the meantime... Uh, all the NFC coaches speaking today. Yesterday it was the AFC coaches. Today it's the NFC coaches. And um, the the NFC um, currently has uh, both teams that have quarterback needs that are still wide open, one would think. 
that Sam Darnold, even though he's in Carolina, the Carolina Panthers want to take him. What about Seattle? Even though they've got Drew Locke, Drew Locke, do they want to take him into 2022 week one? We're all sitting here thinking no chance. I'm sitting here thinking probably not. We'll see how the draft goes. And Baker Mayfield, wherever he's sitting, is saying, TikTok, gentlemen, let's go. I want out of here. And the Cleveland Browns are probably saying, yeah, the compensation's not good enough. And both teams that might want Baker Mayfield sitting right back and saying to Cleveland, well, we're not paying this guy 18 million bucks to maybe be our backup and lose a competition or maybe just be our quarterback for one year. We're not spending all that money. That's your bag. You're the ones that get stuck with that bag because, you know, that's $230 million, uh, guaranteed dollars you, you just gave to Deshaun Watson. So guess what? There's got to be more money in that banana stand. Go eat it. <laughs> Find that money and eat eat some of this $18 million. And I'm sure, you know, maybe Andrew Berry, the general manager, is going to Jimmy Haslam and D. Haslam and saying, you know, <clears throat> you know that uh, uh, escrow check you have to scratch because we guaranteed all that money to uh, Deshaun Watson? And that escrow check's uh, reportedly about a... $180 million. You know, you need to scratch a little bit more so we can get Baker Mayfield the heck out of here. <laughs> get out of here. That's basically what's happening right now. And lurking amidst all of this is the fact that the San Francisco 49ers still have Jimmy Garoppolo on their team. And they still have him on their team with a surgically repaired left shoulder that we heard Mike Florio say yesterday. He just went ahead and got surgery on that. The Niners did not give the old check mark to that. Or he just went ahead and said, I need it. I'm going for it. I'm taking it. And the Niners can't trade away a quarterback of this value while he's on the shelf. I mean, if they trade him now, they won't get nearly the compensation they could get if they should trade him right around training camp season. And the one place they certainly aren't trading him to, one would believe, is Seattle. <laughs> trading him in division. So does Carolina want him? Who else might want Jimmy Garoppolo? Or maybe the team that wants him or faces the reality that they can't get rid of him for what is fair value and eventually settles on having him back is the San Francisco 49ers. Listen to Kyle Shanahan, who, as we all know, from last year's trade uh, 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 draft season, is seemingly has an inability to mask the truth. It's like he's hooked up to sodium pentothal. It's like a meet the parents moment where he's hooked up to a, <laughs> uh, a lie detector machine. And he just comes out and says what the truth is. You know, you might be spending a little bit here. If you think that they really have no intention of keeping him and making it seem like they could, but this was Kyle Shanahan just this very morning. What you saw from Trey, is the natural progression for him to be a starter? Is that something that he's going to have to prove this offseason? Like, well, I mean, that's that's why we looked into trading Jimmy, because I mean, we obviously believe that Trey can be a starter, and we're ready to do that. But if um, we can't up upgrade our team in another way, we're not just going to get rid of a good quarterback because we have other quarterbacks on the roster. And quarterbacks are really hard to come by. Some teams don't have any at all. And the fact that we have three that we're happy with um, that is a good thing. Uh, you always want to upgrade your team, and usually only one guy can play. And we know we have some guy, all guys that are capable of starting, which Jimmy's done a great job for us. We brought Trey here to be that eventually, um, and I think that'll be sooner than later. But 
when Jimmy gets his surgery and um, we can't upgrade our team by getting some good picks until the surgery, until people feel good about that. I'm all right with that. I mean, we're not just getting rid of him to get rid of him. I mean, Jimmy's a good player that we all really like as a person and as a teammate. And we're going to wait to see whatever helps the Niners the most. So if, Jim, if Jimmy is on the roster when you get to camp, how do you envision that playing out? I mean, would it be a competition or have you got that far? Definitely haven't got that far. Um, but yeah, we figured that out. It'd be something. I mean, he'd be on our team, so you'd have to. I mean, Jimmy's a good quarterback, so that he's not easy for anyone to beat out. And uh, that was tough. Trey wasn't ready to beat him out last year. Um, we'll be definitely closer to that this year if it happens. But it's something that we want to have to worry about the training camp. And um, usually, when you have a situation like that, it makes everyone better, anyways. Man, do I love Kyle Shanahan? I just love him. I just love it. Because notice his answer wasn't, are you keeping Jimmy Garoppolo or are you trading Jimmy Garoppolo? The question was, is Trey Lance ready, ready to be a starter? Is that the natural progression of it? And his answer was, yeah, he's ready to be a starter because we wouldn't have looked into trading Jimmy Garoppolo if he wasn't. But if Jimmy... We can't get value for him. We're not just going to give him away. A guy who we love and is loved in the locker room. I mean, he just almost went to the Super Bowl yeah. with the guy. We're not just going to give him away. Like, and then, of course, that begs a follow-up question. Well, what if they all come to training camp? And then Shanahan's kind of like, yeah, well, what if they all come to training camp? <laughs> <laughs> you know, I'll deal with it. We'll deal with it. But, you know, and, and in case anyone's wondering, the third quarterback that's there is Nate Sudfeld, who just – you know, the football gods can't quit because he'll just show up somewhere, you know, and show up in game 256 of a fourth quarter of a game that everyone's not expecting to see him in. And so I like how Kyle said some teams don't have any quarterbacks. <laughs> Who and is he talking three. about? So, I'm sure Trey Lance is hearing that and going, really? Because I got the sense when I spoke to Trey Lance on that Zoom Super Bowl week. I got the sense. And everybody seek that out at, on YouTube.com slash Rich Eisen show that interview. And see if you agree with me. I got the sense where he's just like, can I just get some reps around here? Can I just show you all what I'm doing? Can I just make sure that I get this starting job here already? Because guess what? I'm kind of sick and tired of hearing, am I ready? You know, because I'm from North Dakota State, didn't play in the year before I was drafted, but one game and maybe I'm not ready. And you saw my two starts and I didn't light it up like I was, say, Joe Burrow or fresh out of the box like Justin Herbert. And I kind of struggled every now and then. But, you know, give me the reps and I'll show you. And now, you know, I, he kind of might look like that, uh, that, that that famous gif of Brock Osweiler getting ready to go in the game <laughs> and then jamming his helmet back down as you watch Peyton Manning give, just trot out again. You know, it was like not so fast. And it's kind of like, you know, he, he wherever he is, he's thinking that. And Garoppolo might sit, be sitting there wherever he's thinking. It's just like, really? You know, I'm not being traded. You know, and he might not want to go anywhere right now because wherever he's going is not as good as starting for the San Francisco 49ers if he can still have a shot of doing that. And by the way, if getting shoulder surgery gives you back the, your starting job, that would be a first <laughs> in the NFL. <laughs> and this is just a fascinating development. Or somebody gets hurt in training camp and he gets sent there and he's like, you know, a much better version of Sam Bradford back in the day for the Minnesota Vikings, you know, oh, where he just strolls in and he's, he's, he's a heck of an acquisition that you Niners can have in their back pocket while he gets better from shoulder surgery, you know?
What a what a development developing situation is my friend Bill Pito might say. And in case anyone's wondering, um, we we can confirm certainly. Um, you know, our Peacock audience saw it, the, uh, the soundbite. For our radio audience, um, uh, Kyle Shanahan had his his, uh, his shirt buttoned all the way to the top. I didn't know he was a button your shirt all the way to the top a type of guy. We can confirm he was getting ready for the local theater, uh, Palm Beach theater performance of Forrest Gump. Oh, boy. <laughs> Who wore it better, guys? You tell me. <laughs> You tell me, guys. Who wears it better, Kyle or I mean, or Forrest? Uh, Tom Hanks looks pretty good. I don't know. I mean, well, it's Kyle Shanahan and All American in Alabama, though. But I guess I I don't know. <laughs> but I do know this: is if Jimmy Garoppolo does in fact go back to the Forty ers then life is indeed like a box of chocolate. Yeah, you you open it up, you have no idea what you're going to get. That includes quarterback. I'm just saying. So, Ooh. Rich, do you think that? Let's just say Jimmy doesn't get traded. Do you feel, judging by what Kyle said, that that, that job is up for grabs? Or is, I, uh, is this I, Trey Lance's job and Jimmy just... I, I would think the, I would think that this is Trey Lance's job. They just gave up all of that draft capital. And I know I've been saying that for Jordan Love for all these years, and he's not going to be the starting quarterback for the Green Bay Packers. But that was just a one, you know smallish trade to get up to go get him in the first round so you can get a fifth year of contractual control for him. That's an, I mean, the Niners are not picking in this year's draft and they're not picking in next year's draft either. True. And it's time because the longer you wait, the, the less time you're going to have to go through the, the clear speed bumps. And this Niners team is good enough to get through some of these speed bumps that, uh, 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 kid making his first year-long foray as a starter in the league is going to be. Mm-hmm. And he's smart, man. Lance is going to get it. I think he's the guy, and I think they should go to him right now. But it's smart for them to not trade Garoppolo at the moment. Wait for him to, to get better. Then somebody can go get him. Unfortunately for Jimmy, I don't know if that's the best way for, for him to be as a wind, wind up as a starter. But as you heard yesterday, um, Florio said that they might just be left no choice but to cut him. And then the Seahawks could come and sweep in and get him if that if the, if that's their flavor. And that might be Pete's flavor of run, run, run. Don't make any risky plays at the quarterback position. And let's play defense. If that is, in fact, the way that 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 Pete wants to go. Have they but I don't I don't their- think I just don't think I just don't think that the 49ers are going to cut him. You just heard a coach that that says we're not just going to get rid of a player. I don't think they're going to cut him. But that's just, again, a fascinating soundbite once again from Kyle Shannon I want to bring to your attention. Let's take a break. So we are on time, relatively on time, for Colin Gillespie of Villanova Basketball, two-time Big East Player of the Year, coming up next right here on The Rich Eisen Show. Don't go anywhere. March Madness on the docket when we come back. Let's talk sleep number, people, because quality sleep is so essential. That's why the sleep number smart bed is dissolved for your ever-evolving sleep needs. And the same thing for your partner, so you can choose what's right for each of you whenever you like. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side, helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature, quiets your snores or your partner's? Sleep Number does that. My Sleep Number setting is 60. My wife's is 70. Ten numbers apart, but it truly is the world of difference. The Sleep Number sleep that you get is 
unbelievable. You will love it. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now you could save 50%. That's 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Let's talk game time. Boy, do we love using game time tickets at the Rich Eisen Show. And every single time I've been watching the basketball playoffs on TV, I've been wondering what it would be like to be at these games. And when you choose your tickets on game time, you can see the view from your seat where the court is, where you are in relation to it. And then the all-in prices, that's my favorite feature. The all-in prices makes sure that you see the lowest price guarantee and also know exactly how much everything costs all in before you purchase. So all the guests work is removed when you buy playoff tickets with game time download the game time app create an account and use my code rich for twenty dollars off your first purchase terms apply visit gametime.co for restrictions again create an account redeem my code r-i-c-h for twenty dollars off your first purchase download game time today last minute tickets lowest price guaranteed Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, our terrestrial radio outfit. Now, one big happy simulcast family here on Peacock Sirius XM 85 and our terrestrial radio outfit. He is getting set to be in the final four, taking on the Kansas Jayhawks coming up this weekend. And he is the two-time Big East Player of the Year and a national champion back in 2018 on Villanova. He is on the Mercedes-Benz Vans phone line right now. Colin Gillespie here on the program. How are you, sir? I'm good. How are you guys? I'm good. I don't know if you heard uh, prior, or if you were on hold hearing that, but you broke my heart. Are you aware of that, <laughs> Colin? You're aware of that? Twice I, you've done that. Now. I did hear you. I apologize. Okay. Now, do you really mean that, or, <laughs> or are you just drinking in my tears, Colin? You strike me as a very uh, uh, competitive individual. You can be honest. Not. I, I do apologize, but it had to be done. <laughs> <laughs> I understand. Uh, I, I completely understand. How does this run now remind you of the successful run you had a, a couple of years ago? Is there anything that that is somewhat similar that you feel right now, Colin? Um, a little bit, I guess. I think there's two very, very different teams. Uh, every year is different, so... Um, I think it's a little different, but obviously being in San Antonio, having to play Michigan again was definitely similar. Um, but yeah, I think the years are different, the teams are different, so it's more different than similar. Okay, and so um, being in San Antonio and beating Michigan is is what you just said is similar. So I actually, once we have turned the page from me telling you that you broke my heart, I asked you a question that strolled me right back into that situation. <laughs> is that what you're telling me, Colin? Is that it is. Mm. It is. Oh my gosh! It's just, I keep taking uh, blocking fouls here. This is uh, unfortunate. Um, okay, so then um, let's talk about um, your coach and your relationship with him. When did you first meet Jay Wright, Colin? When did that first happen for you? I met him when I was a senior in high school. Uh, he had come to a couple of our uh, of my high school games to recruit, and uh, that's when I met him. And then I came to school to visit, and I saw him again. So when did he, did, did, is it true, let's put it this way then, is it true you did not have any D1 offers going into your senior year of high school? Is that a true fact? Uh, yeah, I was, uh, 
my junior summer, so going into my senior year, uh, I picked up two very late in the summer during AU to Maine and Albany, and that was the only two that I had. So when so when Jay Wright strolls in, um, he, he he must have had your attention, I would imagine. <laughs> yeah, they did. Obviously, I'm a local kid and yeah. uh, from Northeast Philadelphia, so um, obviously when when Villanova came calling, I noticed right away, and um, I went and visited, and uh, the guys were great. It was a family environment, so it was something that I wanted to be a part of. Who were the guys? Who were the guys at the time when you first strolled? Uh, when I first got, yeah. well, when I visited, it was like Josh Hart, Chris Jenkins, and uh, Daryl Reynolds were seniors. But then when I visited, I visited and I was uh, with Jalen, McHale, Dante, Eric, Phil, Omari, um, all those guys. So who do you hear from um, when you're now doing this, you know, as the leader of this team, a fifth-year kid? Who do you hear from uh, from back in the day when you look at your phone maybe after a big win or something like that? Colin? All of them. All of them. <laughs> uh, th- those guys are uh, – yeah, we stay in contact. Those guys are like my brothers, and um, we stay in contact all the time. I mean, I talk to Jalen every day, um, and then I'm always talking to Mikhail, uh, Dante, and, and Phil is overseas right now, so the time time zones are really off, but uh, – He'll he'll text us and it'll be like three in the morning and uh, so we all stay in contact. How about any of the old school guys? Kyle Lowry, do you hear from him? Do you hear any any some old school Wildcats? Well, yeah, Kyle's from uh, Philly, so uh, he's around all the time in the summer and he's always talking to our guys. I think it's really cool about the the, the culture and the program is that uh, those guys are always back around in the summer times and uh, they're always a phone call or a text away and. Uh, they love to be talking with us. So, but yeah, we talk Kyle Lowry, um, Randy Foy is around a lot, and uh, Alan Ray is always talking to us. So, some of those guys, and uh, obviously we have coaches on the staff who played. So, um, the culture is strong here, and guys always want to come back. So then, before we we move on to I guess the here and now a little bit, what makes Colin Gillespie here on the Rich Eisen Show? What makes Jay Wright so good? Give me an insight where you, as a player, were like, "Okay, this is this is we're, we're in such great hands." You got an example of that that you can? Yeah, give me? I mean, I think player development is a reason why I chose Villanova. They develop their players really well, and uh, everybody gets better. But I think it's more non-basketball related, just life. Uh, the lessons he teaches you about life and becoming a man, having to grow up, and uh, you know that when you leave here, you're going to become a man and. Uh, you're going to be ready to take on whatever life throws at you. I think that's the the biggest thing that I've taken away from being here at Villanova. And what, what's the life lesson? Can you give me an example of that, Colin? Uh, I mean, one thing that we talk about every day is attitude and um, how you respond to certain situations, whether you're on the basketball floor or not. Uh, it could be you're in foul trouble on the basketball uh, on the court and um, kind of just have to say attitude and uh go make the next play. And I think that's the same thing in life with life situations. Uh, you might be throwing a situation at you that you weren't, weren't expecting or um, that you weren't ready for, but uh, that's life. And you kind of have to adjust and just move on and, and do the next right thing. So uh, well, I, I think that's. Yeah. I, and I just think in, in, in terms of doing the right thing and, and, and being there and living in the moment, uh, Colin, I could not help but notice 
um, that once, you know, once the buzzer sounded, game over against Houston, first thing you did was go right up to Justin Moore at the end of the bench and sit right down next to him. And um, so I, I, I just want to have you walk me through, you know, I know why you did it, but I'd like to hear from you why you did it and what was going on at the time, Colin Gillespie. Um, yeah, I mean, I knew he was hurt, uh, but when he when he went down, obviously he's a huge part of our team, uh, both offensive, offensively and defensively, but as a leader, he's been uh, so crucial for our young guys, and uh, he stepped into a bigger role this year as a leader, and um, for me to just go over there, and I've been in that situation before, uh, last year being injured and uh, going down late in the season right before the tournament. His just happened in the Elite Eight game uh, right before we went to the Final Four. So um, that's a really tough situation to be in. Um, and I was sad for him. I was sad for our team. And uh, losing a guy like that is it hurts, but uh, um, our guys are going to play for him. They're going to step up. But I just wanted to go over there and um, kind of just try to be there for him. Uh, I knew he was upset. You could see it on his face. And uh, after winning a game like that, uh, I didn't want to see him upset. So I just wanted to go over there, be there for him, and uh, kind of just let him know that uh, we, we had his back and um, he was going to be all right. What was he saying? Like, what was the conversation, if you don't mind me crying a little yeah. bit right there? Um, I, I asked him, well, I, originally I told him, um, like, we got you, like, you're going to be all right. Like you're going to bounce back and, uh, we're going to get you healthy and we're going to get this thing done for you. And, um, I, I mean, obviously I saw he was upset and I, we started talking about what had happened cause he thought that he was tripped, like he got tripped by uh, a ref or kicked by the ref. And obviously when you tear your Achilles, um, your first immediate instinct is to look back at, cause you, you feel like mm. you tripped on something or somebody hit you, but, um, I originally thought he had just slipped or t- rolled his ankle again because um, his ankle has been rolled before. So uh, that was my immediate thought. And then once he told me that it was numb and he stood up and he couldn't really put any pressure on it, uh, it was a little bit more serious. And um, after I had heard that and I could see he was emotional, that I just kind of wanted to be there for him and uh, let him know that I had his back and I was there for him. Well, you're a good man. I saw that, and I thought to myself, that is exactly what a leader does. That's what uh, you know, um, uh, a sense of brotherhood of man does. And um, I saw that, and it was also good to see him part of the the ceremony. You know, once once I, I guess the the ladder came out, and and you know that he was part of it. That was pretty cool too, Colin. Yeah, you know, yeah, I definitely wanted him to be a part of that. I mean, he's a huge part of our team, so uh, not having him there wouldn't have been right. Colin Gillespie, a couple more minutes left with a two-time Big East Player of the Year for Villanova. I mean, you 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 you're you get what's going on in the world and the conversation. You know, Duke, UNC, we're all making a big deal of it in the media. Kansas has just uh, got the most wins in the history of the NCAA um, world, um, and now you're a man short, second leading scorer, and Justin Moore. Do you think you're going to be the overlooked team going into this weekend, Colin Gillespie? Uh. I mean, we don't really look at it. We don't pay attention to it. Obviously, it definitely hurts not having Justin there just in terms of leadership uh, and his presence on the floor uh, as a scorer and as a guy who guards the best player uh, every time that we we go out. So 
Um, it's definitely going to hurt, but uh, our other guys are going to step up and they're going to be in different roles. Caleb Daniels came off the bench all year, but he was a starter all last year, so uh, it's not not new for him. Um, and then other guys are going to be put into bigger roles and have more time with the ball in their hands and have to be decision makers. And uh, we'll have a few guys come off the bench that need to play some more valuable minutes. So I think guys are going to step up and they're going to be ready and prepared for uh, the moment and excited to play. How do you view your role in this moment? Yeah, I mean, obviously I'll have the ball in my hands a little bit more uh, with Justin being down, but I think for us nothing changes. It's next man up mentality. They did it last year when I went down, and um, I was really proud of those guys. And um, I think it's the same thing this year. We're going to have to just step up for him and uh, play for him, and guys are going to step up and be in different, bigger roles, myself included. And uh, I think we're ready. I think we're going to be prepared. We obviously didn't have him in the middle of the year for a game, uh, which was tough, but uh, it's not a super new situation for us because we, we did miss him in the mid- middle of the year for a game. All right, last couple things for you, uh, Colin. Um, I just know that my dad, he's uh, he passed away a couple of years ago, but the uh, reason why I bring him up here is that if he was ever wired up during a performance of mine and recorded and shown to a nationally televised audience, I would be nervous the entire time. I just, you know, so did you know your dad was wearing a wire for the broadcast? A couple of weeks ago, or last week, you were there. No, I did not. Mm. I found out afterwards. Mm. <laughs> I went on uh, Twitter, and I everybody mm. was tweeting about him. I was like, "What? Is, like, why are people talking about him?" <laughs> and then, uh, and then it was right. in my family group chat. My brother said something about like Dad was the star of the night, or something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was laughing. Obviously, yeah, I do get really nervous because he. Uh, <laughs> They probably put all the good parts on there and uh, didn't get him cursing at all, which was probably the best for the best. But, uh, yeah, I didn't know right away until after the game. And then somebody let him get on for the Elite Eight game against Houston, and I was like, who put this guy back? (laughs) (laughs) Who mic'd this guy up again? allowed him to be mic'd up again for another game. So I don't know if you I was watching, um, and um, it was just a bunch of like, yeah, you know, like, way to go, or go get it. Like, just that's that's it. And I was just wondering to ask you, like, that's that's not the way he talks, right? That's not how he normally, (laughs) he was eating that up for sure. Uh, making himself look good, but yes. he's a coach at heart. So he coached football in high school. So I've seen him, and he he coached me in my entire life. So mm-hmm. I know what he's really like, and uh, <laughs> they just made him look good. Obviously, I, I think they probably didn't get all the parts mm-hmm. where he may have uh, felt a certain way. So they, the yeah, the ed- th- thank goodness for editing equipment is what you're saying, yeah. Colin Gillespie. Okay, seriously. All right, and then the last thing too is I I know we've just met. And, um, but your coach, if you can tell him something, cause again, we're, we're, we hope to get him on shortly, but maybe I'll just use you as a conduit, um, with, with the, you know, whole world, um, changing over the last two years in the sports world. Um, it, it appears coaches have stopped wearing suits in the basketball world and they're just dressing like they're going to the gym. You know what I mean? Like it's, it's, it's giving up. I'll be honest. Um, and I'm a suit and tie guy. The one guy who I'm most lamenting no longer wearing a suit is is your coach who would dress, you know, like he's he's, you know, a, a loan officer or, you know, like an old school gangster. You know what I mean? Like and and so what gives? Can you ask him essentially like what gives? 
where, where the suits are? Where are his suits? I think, I think he's comfortable uh, in his, uh, what he's wearing right now with the little quarter zip. And, uh, I mean, nobody, no, no other coaches wear suits besides uh, some guy. I don't even know if the guys in the NBA are right now. but uh, No, UCLA's yeah. coach does. UCLA's coach does. and um, But no one in the NBA does anymore. But, Jay, I mean, I don't I think the Big East. I think the Big East was they came together as coaches and said that they weren't going to wear them this year. Uh, so I think they made that decision, but I don't know. I mean, I think I think they look good. They okay. they got some nice Nike uh, zip ups over there, and uh, they're probably comfortable. Can probably move a little bit more freely on the sidelines. Mm, I just don't know. I just I just like the way he dressed, and I, I I'm well, lamenting. He is very well dressed, don't you think? I mean, there's uh, I don't know his his message. I think might come through better, even if it's. <laughs> He's dressed. He cleans up nicely. Oh, pinstripe? He always wore the pinstripes? He did, but all right. Just tell him from me, you know, uh, I, I miss it. I know that's weird, but just do that. If you don't <laughs> I will. Colin, good luck, man. Uh, again, um, you know, I appreciate the time and the ability for me to tell you that uh, you ripped my heart out twice, but that's okay. Um, as you said, it had to be done for you. And good <laughs> luck against Kansas and beyond. I look forward to watching you play. I really enjoy watching him. Thank you. I appreciate it. You bet. That's Colin Gillespie right here on the Rich Eisen Show getting ready to take on Kansas. I knew his dad wasn't talking like that. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. It's one of those things, too, where, um, you know, you're you're watching your team go out, okay? Mm-hmm. And you know it's a tough battle. And you're seeing it. You're seeing it start to slip in the wrong way. And then they play the coach of the son who's kicking your ass. I mean, the, the, the dad of the son who's kicking your ass. And you just don't want to hear from that guy. <laughs> Definitely not. I don't want to hear from him. Do you know what I mean? I understand. And so he's wired up, and I, I just knew it, though, when you were just like, yeah, go get it, go, go, go. And it's just like you're not giving me any insight. I'm not getting any insight by this at all. So it didn't and work I thought for you. to my, no, well, I'm just saying, like, I, I want to hear the other stuff. Well, you know, he probably can't say that stuff on national television. I know that. <laughs> you know, that's what I want. Much like we can't get a blue rich eyes in your own peak. That's correct. Okay, so we have uh, <laughs> that vote did go down uh, about the NFL overtime rules, and we will discuss the way the vote went and what it means for all of us football viewing and loving people in the United States of America and beyond. That's a lot of us. Aha, uh-huh. that's next on The Rich Eisen Show. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDSE. Back here on the Rich Eisen Show, 844-204-RICH is the number to dial. So, 
Okay, everybody that complained and moaned and just absolutely flailed about <laughs> after the Bills lost in the divisional round in the American Football Conference playoffs in Kansas City because Kansas City forced overtime, won the toss, marched down the field, and scored a touchdown that you wanted overtime rules to change to make sure both teams get at least one possession in overtime. Not fair that Josh Allen did not get a chance to get back out on the field, not just in terms of the competition, but just in terms of denying all of us football-loving people who are loving the game and loving the action and seeing how Allen unstoppable he was, that it was a shame. And that's happened before. The number of times you've seen all-time great quarterbacks just sit there on the bench and watch the game end, and that was back in the day where just a mere field goal would end it. Well, you all got your way. <laughs> you all got your way. Because the league just changed overtime rules only for the playoffs. They have accepted the proposal from the Colts and the Eagles. Together, they got together, joined forces and said, let's make this change. Final vote, apparently 29 to 3. 29 to 3 is the final vote. I would have been the fourth vote. I don't like it. <laughs> Why don't you like it? Because we don't know what the unintended consequences are. And now we're going to find out. We're going to find out in the playoffs because it's not going to be done for the regular season. Apparently, they uh, the owners were going to say, we're not voting if you make this a full season thing. But just for the playoffs, we're in. And I'm like, what the hell does that mean? Right. So wh why, why is that not good for the regular season, too? I don't understand it. So we're going to find out in the most watched, most intense, most serious consequences of a win or loss that you can get in the NFL. We're going to find out in that cauldron what the unintended consequences are. And here are the unintended consequences. Now the coin toss that you feel that decides everything, even though it didn't in the AFC Championship game one week after the Chiefs won the coin toss, took the ball, and won the game, causing the furor. One week after that, don't forget, Chiefs had overtime forced on them. Mm -hmm. They didn't have the momentum, but did get the coin toss, go their way, got the ball first, and the other team stopped them. The other team stopped them and won and made the Super Bowl, mm -hmm. almost won it too. Um, let's not forget now, the unintended consequence is going to be the coin toss that decides everything now, the team that wins it is going to want the ball second. I would do that. I want to know exactly what I got to do to yeah, win. Yeah. I got to know. I want to know exactly what I got to do to win it. Because you get the ball first. It's fourth and two from your own 40-yard line. What are you going to do? Probably. What are you going to do? What are you going to do? You're going to punt it. You're going to punt it. Let's say it's fourth and five. Let's do it even better. Fourth and five from your own 40-yard line. You get the ball first. And this isn't a game where there's not just 15 minutes and it's a tie. Or 10 minutes and it's a tie. This thing goes on. What are you going to do in the playoffs? Win or go home, fourth and five from your own 40. What are you going to do? You're going to go for it and then let the other team just 
get one first down, kick a field goal, and go home? No, you're not going to do that. You're going to punt it. You're going to play defense. That's what you're going to do. And then the other team gets it. Now they wind up having an opportunity to just merely win it. That's damn straight. I'll take that. How about this one? How about this one? Team that gets the ball first scores a touchdown. Now we get to see what we all want to see, or most of America wanted to see. Team that gets it second has a chance. Mm-hmm. In previous years, you'll hear the announcers, previous years this game would have been over. Let's see what happens here. Now it's fourth and five from your own 40. What are you going to do? Punt it? Of course not. Nope. Game would be over. You're going for it. Yeah. You're going for it fourth down from your own eight, your own 18, your own 48, from the other team's 38, <laughs> from the other team's eight, from the other team's 18. So it's a totally different set of circumstances as the team that gets it second than the team that gets it first. And now there's going to be all sorts of complaints. Well, of course they went for it because they knew they had to go win it. And that's what I was going. I would take the ball second. I'm already seeing on Twitter, you know what teams are going to do? They're going to go for it when they win, when they get the ball first, they're going to go uh, for it, um, a two point conversion and win it. They're that, gonna, or they're going to they're no no that that would have been the Titans rule. They're going to yeah, go the for Titans. I'm already seeing that they're going to go for two to make sure the other team if they get the ball back Has they're going to have, they will have to go for two for the win. But you're also putting yourself yeah, in a position where all you have to too. do is you know what's not the extra point. You know what's not going to happen? That. <laughs> I'm already seeing I think uh Pelissaro, uh you know my colleague from the NFL media group. He already tweeted out that he's hearing coaches predicting that whoever gets the ball first scores a touchdown, they're going to go for two to make it more difficult for the other team. You you go for two and you miss it and the other team scores a touchdown, by the way, going for it every single time. It's a four-down situation. Mm-hmm. Every single time it's a first down, which is not the search circumstance for the team that gets the ball first. That team goes and scores a touchdown and kicks a mere 33-yard extra point and wins it. Hey, coach, why'd you go for two? Well, we had the momentum. Well, we just wanted to force the other team to do it. Well, now you lost. Now we're out. Now our whole season's over. That's never going to happen. And then maybe, just maybe, another team scores a touchdown to start, kicks the extra point. The other team gets it second, having the benefit of knowing they got to keep going for it. They get all the way down there, and they feel that their defense is going to get beat. We'll go for two. And they score the two and win it or they go for two and don't and the season's over we'll be talking about that for quite some time and that does make things more interesting i know people will say the the unintended consequences i'm complaining about makes it more interesting puts more on the line for coaches i just i just think that this is such a rarity that um i would just let it go the way it goes or 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 hold on a minute before you chime in here, and we've got the whole rest of the show to talk about it, I think Tom Pelissero will join us from okay. from the uh, um, owners' meeting middle of the next hour. After we have Michael, Bro- wait. By the way, we've got a full. We've got uh, an NFL player strolling yeah. out here in just a mere second, and Michael Brockers. Interested to see what he thinks. About it would be interesting to hear, see what he thinks about it. You know, I'm just trying to be consistent here because you know I'm trying to change the rule of ball gets fumbled through the end mm-hmm. zone. And it benefits the defense. The Eisen rule. The Eisen rule. <laughs> and the number of people are like, why change it? It's such a rarity. And now here I am saying, why change it? It's such a rarity. Because I feel this is um, going to change the way that overtime is conducted 
but not change the ultimate problem that people have with this is that the coin toss decides it. Chiefs win the toss this time around under these rules. Do you think they take the ball first? No. I don't know if they do. Andy might sit there and go, well, they're on their heels. They're, you know, I, I want to score a touchdown when I can, and then we'll play defense. But I'd also just want to know, because the team that gets the ball first will have to have the concept of, do we score a touchdown once we get in the 20? How aggressive should we be? Mm-hmm. We should at least take the three, because the other team's going to have a chance to win. Or do we punt? Because we can't, we can potentially come away with nothing here. Or we've got to go for it because we can't come away with nothing the way that they're playing. And that sort of set of circumstances for the team that gets the ball first, the other team that gets it second has none of that. None of that because they already they know what they, they, know they, have, what they have to, to do. do. Yeah. So I win the toss, I want it second. And so the coin toss in my mind still is. Somewhat as decisive as it gets right now. We don't know how less or more decisive it will be. And guess what? We're going to find out in the playoffs because they didn't do this in the regular season. It's weird that they don't want to have it in the regular season. Like, use that as a test. or use Go in the preseason. Well, preseason, they're not even going to have overtime. That's dumb. Yeah. We're not going to play extra football when you don't want anybody to get hurt. They don't want so, to be out there so anyway I mean, But to, let, let's see it in the regular season. You're going to wait till the playoffs to figure out what the unintended consequence is going to be. Rich, what happens? Whole country watching? What happens when one team, team A, gets the ball first, goes down, scores a touchdown? Yeah. All right, now team B, they come down. Not going to go for two. We score a touchdown. Going to kick the extra point. Right. Then what happens? We just keep doing this until the time runs out? Is no, there no, time then, on the clock? No, then, 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 it, then it'll be sudden, sudden death. death at that point. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Gotcha. Now, was that yeah. your idea initially? You, you talked about it earlier this week where the first coin flip of the game. Correct. Then, was that your idea? Or was no, that it was a caller called call in and okay. said that the first coin flip of the game doesn't just decide who gets the ball at, at the beginning of the first and second halves. It should also wind up deciding who gets it to start overtime. And th- and thus, the, the randomness of the coin flip is just happens out. at the very beginning, and you know who gets the ball when for the rest of the day. I like as that. As opposed to resetting it after 60 minutes have been played and all the blood, sweat, and tears have been spilled. And it also adds a little extra to, you know, the coin flip at the beginning of the game. Or if you win the coin flip at the beginning of the game, you all then have the right to have the ball and defer. Mm-hmm. That is also now your right after the regulation is over. And then you decide then and there, well, it's my decision. I'm going to take it second. I'm going to take it first. And that's also so simple. There's no question. There's no, wow, I didn't get that. So there's two ways to play it, where the coin flip is you defer to the second. You win it, you defer to the second half because you like having the ball to start the second half, and you can score on each side of halftime, right? You like that. But you've now given up the ball to start the game, Mm -hmm. and you're now giving up the ball to start overtime. So you want to start the game maybe now. You don't want to defer to start the second half. I want to start the game here to have in my back pocket in the playoffs, I want to have the ball to start in the overtime. overtime. Or I want to defer because I like that because I want to defer once I have overtime too. Man, that, I guess that's why these coaches make the big money, right? Well, now they're <laughs> going to be making a lot of big money and figuring out who who's the first coach to have the unintended consequence, the first two, to figure out these new overtime rules in the playoffs. Wild stuff, man. <laughs> 